You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Thanks, Bill. Well, I think this is going to be a really fun episode for you to listen to. And I also know you'll enjoy hearing about the creation of Boom's Pizza, which opens January 24th. But in between some of the jokes and the laughs between partners Ben Biebenroth and Jonathan Bennett are some really important ideas about the major shifts happening in the food business. Things like awareness of mental health, life work balance, and making an honest profit without sacrificing everything else. This episode is presented by Real Food Remedy. Now, if you haven't heard of this company yet, let me tell you a little bit about it. Real Food Remedy is the brand new venture of Ashley Weingart and the relaunched brand name and direction of Perfectly Imperfect Produce. Real Food Remedy is a home delivery subscription, fresh fruit and vegetable program focused on helping customers prevent and manage chronic illness delivering foods that have the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients vital to optimal health. Ordering through Real Food Remedy is an easy and efficient way to get the nutrient-dense fruits and veggies into your diet every week with a delivery right to your door. It's just what the doctor ordered. Learn more at realfoodremedyrx.com and be sure to follow my social accounts for more information, demos, and more. All right. Our episode today takes place at Booms Pizza in Lakewood, the first of several shops planned in the coming years. Ben and Jonathan have turned in their chef whites and tweezers and torches for dough balls and pizza peels. That's the actual word for the paddle used to put a pizza in the oven. We talk about pizza styles, how they arrived at that perfect dough, and why both of them are happier than ever in their culinary careers. Three, two, one. One. Ah. Oh, get, you want to. You're you, impossible. Uh, you, I said that you should probably do a drive by. Yeah. Drive on yeah. in. Yeah, but, you, but here's the thing this is an inexpensive operation, yeah. and we have two mics, so you got to share. We've been to the Schmitz together. It's okay. <laughs> I know you have a busy day, so I'm going to be respectful of your time. But um, I have to say, this is a real treat because I arrived just, you know, ready to sit down with Ben Biebenroth, and I. I'm so excited because now I have uh, the amazing and talented and just what the legend Jonathan ben, Bennett. Ben Biebenroth. Ben. <laughs> I'm glad I'm still here. <laughs> I'm glad you're both still here. I mean, that's a you, big deal. You know, all that refers to how old I am, right? Yeah. Don't you know like, who you we were? Get, you don't get legendary <laughs> without being old. <laughs> you know, there is something to that, but I'd like to say you don't get legendary without being uh, talented, skilled, and um, let's a say a whole shitload of hard work. A whole shitload <laughs> of hard work. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And don't forget. Don't forget the uh, the fact that you don't get there alone. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, it's really true. You don't. Well, and I've enjoyed watching the teamwork that you have had over the last you know eighteen months or so. And um, now you may not know this unless you're an avid listener of the CLE Foodcast, which I think you are. In fact, you're going to do an endorsement for me after this, right, Jonathan? Oh, I actually I play it whenever I go to sleep. <laughs> it's what I use. It's what I use to meditate to for about three hours before I fall asleep at night. He's equal parts endearing and alienating. I, I, I'm so there. I feel like that's how people would describe me. So we're going to get along just 
fine. Well, I've been looking forward to this meetup for a while, and I have to tell you, without tasting your pizza, there's just one thing that I want to tell you I am so looking forward to and that I already love about Boom's Pizza. Do you want to know what it is? Please. It's the slogan, <laughs> born of hard times, baby. Tell me about that. You know, it was the essence of coming through the pandemic and laying off 35 people and mothballing a catering company and a restaurant that was my sole purpose for the last 10 to 15 years, depending on restaurant or catering. Sorry, there's a mural going in behind us. You can hear that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had a lot of time to reflect. Going working from you know 90 hours a week to zero and then sitting at home for three months locked down, it gave me a lot of time to think about like, how did I get here? What enabled me to get here? And that brought me back to my parents and my sister and brother and my grandparents. And Boom's Pizza is a reflection of that. My, my grandfather was, you know, a World War II vet and union electrician, and he gritted it out. And Greatest it, generation. Seriously. Yeah. And he taught us so much about our work ethic and how to operate as a good human. That's really distracting. It should be okay, but I, I would be lying if I was not thinking in the back of my head that uh, we would hear that. Although it, there's, it's not coming up on the monitor, so okay. I think we're just going to roll with it and cool. hope that... What do you? So what are they doing out there? Tell me about that. Uh, they're installing a mural, that bubble process uh, design. So we worked with the city of Lakewood, and uh, they had to reinstall the mural on the side of the building because it has historic brick and whatnot. So that's Excellent. what they're doing. All right. And they had to do it today. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's okay. You know, the, the other thing I want to add about the Board of Hard Times is <clears throat> we all have our crap, right? I don't care if you grew up Silver Spoon or No Spoon. Everyone has their hard times, and it's just... Like, you related to it. Ben has his own story of hard times. I mean, I grew up shopping for tennis shoes at the flea market in rural North Carolina. I got my own hard times. We all know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And we all know, or at least we hope we know, there's a light on the other side. For sure. It may be a beautiful, shining pizza, but there's a light on the other side. Well, I think it's definitely a beautiful shining pizza. I mean, oh, based absolutely. On... We made sure of that. Yeah. But, you know, coming through the pandemic, we hired, as Spice, we hired a consultant. We did a lot of work um, of what does the economy look like coming out of this pandemic? What is going to prevail, right? And fine dining was just not that thing. Um, so, like Jonathan said, everyone has those hard times. And one of the things that we came to was, you know, that slogan of hard times make great people, you know, and great people make great pizza. So we're, 100%. we're at that. 100%. Well, in the pandemic, even people that, let's say, didn't really think they had some hard times were faced with hard times, whether that was, you know, illness, uh, the death of someone they care about, or their business crashing, uh, unemployment. I mean, we've all had a taste of those hard times. And now, 18 months past that, I guess, almost two years, we feel like we're ready to move on. Uh, every day is a little different. I think, are we moving on? Are we moving on? Or is this, you know, whatever. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the future. Such a difference in your demeanor than episode, uh, I think it was episode nine, when I talked to you, we weren't even really in this, we weren't allowed to be in the same room yet. We were all doing things virtually. You looked pretty beaten and you sounded that way. I went back and listened to it. How different are you today? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I really 
I went through the Kubler-Ross uh, grief cycle, right? Yep. And and knowing where you are in that grief cycle is critical to making good decisions, number one. And number two, giving yourself grace and, and paying yourself out a little bit of rope of like, dude, you don't have to make every decision right now. The whole world is not waiting for, you know, Ben Biebenroth to decide what he's going to do with his restaurant. At the end of the day, most people don't care, you know? So I had to take that pause and come through that emotional space. And I just uh, reread our investor update from April 21st, 2020. And I just sat on the couch and cried because it was so intense. And that was when I was in the depth of it, you know? Oh, so your investor update, letting your investors know the decision you had come to and all of that? Yeah, all the refunds, the cash position, the layoffs, what we're doing, how we're strategizing to get through, when we think it'll turn around, you know? And now being here on the other side of it, we've got a pizza shop open, we've hired our CEO, we've resurrected the catering company, all of the things have come to pass, you know? But mm -hmm. in that moment, in the bottom of that change curve, you are in depression. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that's okay, but right. don't make creative decisions when you're depressed. Yeah, you stepped away. I remember you talked about enjoying your family. Uh, you, you leaned on Jackie, you uh, coached your kids, you played ball with your kids. You did a lot of things that you had uh, really, you, you, I don't want to say you forgot about them. I'm sure you never forgot about them, but you didn't have time. So that was very healing, I would imagine. Yeah, and it was also a perspective shift of like, okay, why didn't I have time? Where did I choose to put my time? Mm -hmm. And as we've seen, you know, just this week with the uh, news of Noma closing, yep. right? Mm -hmm. He's telling the same story that I told two and a half years ago of like, the world doesn't need another fine dining restaurant right now. And why did I put 90 hours a week into this building to lose 90 grand a year just to be creative and kind of frankly be trapped behind my ego? So the way I managed, the way I led, the way I parented, all of that has mm -hmm. changed. We're all changing every day. Yeah. You know, I'm not unique to that. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sure. changing. No, I think that's a very relatable point. Well, since we still have uh, Jonathan with us, um, are you, are you, he's looking at his phone though. Are you, are you in this or out of this? What's going on, man? I've heard it all. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it all. Every, everything from sitting on the couch, being depressed to uh, coaching some, uh, some sports. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, I mean, Two years ago, culinary world had no, no sentence that included work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Right. It had no sentence sentence that included, what do we want to do with our time? Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, no one ever asked those questions. Right. And you know, what an awakening. Mm -hmm. I mean, really and truly, we've had to shift a lot of stuff to meet our own new goals and to also meet our employees' new goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nobody ever set you down and said man, I just feel a little overworked right. and I'm, I'm at capacity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, capacity, uh, could, you <laughs> could you define that for me? Right, right. Or so. you'd go out and find that with someone else, right? Like you'd be like, you don't have the capacity? All right. Right, your replacement will, Yeah. you know? Exactly. And that old attitude, we never, we never liked it, mm -hmm. but man, what a great opportunity to break the mold. For sure. For I mean, sure. it's like, we talk about this all the time. I was actually talking about it with our new CEO today of just like, we're changing our structure because we have to take care of our employees more, period. Mm -hmm. yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. Let mm -hmm. no good crisis go unutilized. Right. No, yeah. for sure. Well, um, the silver lining, the greener grass, it's, that's what you're doing. 
I have wondered how the two of you teamed up. It seems like it started with Keep the Change and some other things. You've probably been friends, colleagues, peers. Tell me how you guys connected over a pizza concept, or maybe you connected more in sort of a brainstorming stage. We, we connected over an asparagus you pick Spice Acres yeah, two, well, I was going down two and a half, three years ago. <laughs> yeah. yes. um, Seriously, though, you were helping me build Tillman because Alex Hervatten, our catering chef at the time, I was building this new catering facility. I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you should talk to JB. He's got so much experience with this. And he was just coming over and like free consulting, helping us out, like, oh, you should put cement boards the first foot up for the wall so the water and put, you know, plywood everywhere instead of drywall so you have backing everywhere. It's just like stuff I would never have known. Mm. And that was really enlightening for me. And then when we were really in lockdown, he came over, hung out at the asparagus plant and pick. And that's when I told him, I'm like, dude, I have no interest in doing anything that's not scalable anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have this pizza concept for my like grandfather's namesake in my mind. And I just... I don't know how to do it, but I know I'm going to do it. And that's when he was like, well, I've opened a pizza shop before. And I was like, oh, really? Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, you know, when we talk about scalable, you know, right now we're sitting in the Boone's pizza, right? This is the only Boone's pizza we have. Mm -hmm. It's the only one that matters to us. Right. But we didn't build this so that I can toss pies on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock oh, when I turn 55. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But it's like, <clears throat> how do you do mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and not build yourself a job? Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's the, you know. And I, at the same time, build great jobs for people that want them. And right. that's what we can do with the margins of pizza and the hours of this. I mean, Spice Kitchen and Bar didn't open until 5. There was people there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. You know, right. like, and they're until one o'clock in the morning. And it's just totally insane. And you're really transparent about the fact now that you never saw the profit that you, that you had hoped. Correct. For all of that. And I want to clarify, I don't want to minimize JB's commitment to this company because it's not just Booms Pizza. It's Spice Hospitality mm-hmm. Group as a whole. We have resurrected so much opportunity and profitability and holistic approach to employee welfare and so much of it is due to this man. It's like, it's really unbelievable what we've accomplished together. Thank you for sharing that because there is so much that those of us that show up, buy a pizza, sit down at a fine dining restaurant, that we don't see. There's just so much. And I think another sidebar or an effect of COVID as we watched our favorite places go away, change, evolve, morph, was being a little bit more aware of, of those things, right? As, as a consumer. It's really hard to see behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, we That's go to, point. you know, go to your favorite healthcare facility and call them up today. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean you don't have an appointment for six months, right? There's a whole machine churning in there that we just have no clue about. And it's a business and they have to be profitable and they have to service their, their employees and their guests and their customers. And it's like, you have no idea what it takes to make a widget, mm-hmm. right? right? And I think what, what the world is seeing is, you know, the voice of those widget makers going, ah, 
This I is matter too. Hello, I'm mm -hmm. over here. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this has got to get better for all of us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, you, we're talking about this morning, I was meeting with Danielle, our new CEO, and we were just talking about how we're taking care of our employees better today than we were two years ago and how that is vital to being the business operators that we want to be. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we used to die on the cross. I work 27 days straight. That no. That sounds really bad. <laughs> it does sound bad. <laughs> but yeah. we used to be so proud of it. Oh, yeah, it. we would right. do it all the time. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. we would, you know, our, our relationships would be in turmoil. Our minds would be in mm -hmm. turmoil. Yeah. Our companies would be in turmoil. But, oh, I worked 27 days straight. I'm done with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I don't want to ever hear that out of anybody that works with us. Yeah, and if we employed a person that said that, my immediate response to that would be, you are not managing appropriately. Wow, right. Because that's the mm -hmm. real case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whew. I mean, for so long, the profitability, I mean, it, I think Ben was talking about the Noma article, you know? Yes. And they were citing some employees outside of Red Zeppi's quotes mm -hmm. of just like, yeah, we broke our backs, right? Mm -hmm. For what? For what? For his profitability, for his notoriety, for your resume tick? I don't know what it is. It's just food, though. Right. Right? It's, it's just food. We can make it great, mm -hmm. but we also have to respect the people that are making it. So well said. I, I just, we are, we are at a culinary lifestyle change that we have never been at in our entire lives, and we are trying to, like Ben said, do not waste a freaking pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, well... Do you want to talk about food? Because we make food, too. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I think that as time goes on, more and more of these stories will become apparent. We've all been watching this evolution in particular because uh, you both have been pivotal to the scene here in Cleveland. People, you're very transparent. People know you, your family men. People know you, your family is the way you live your lives, your ideals, I think. Ben, I love in particular seeing you change a little bit from, I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm going to throw it out there and then get your response, from this creative idealist, conceptual idealist chasing something to a pragmatist. And I think that pragmatism comes from knowing what you want really getting clear on your priorities, knowing the life you want to lead, and even to some degree, the legacy and business that you want to leave. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, the <laughs> money is not a very important factor in me, in my life and in my value set, but I appreciate what it enables me to do, right? And so I've never been a very profit-focused chef or entrepreneur. I'm very, very feelings-forward, very culture-focused, and very creative focused. And obviously the stewardship of the earth and ingredient sourcing and all of the things that come along with that. And that being said, looking at what we actually have, the only thing we have is time, you know, and, and watching my kids sitting on the couch with my kids during lockdown for really the first concentrated period of time since they were infants mm. for that extended time stretch, I was like, oh my God, I, I missed a lot of stuff, you know, to tweak the sauce for brunch or whatever it was, right? And that doesn't matter to them. And frankly, it doesn't matter to anyone anymore because no one is hanging their hat on that sauce. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so I it's do. when you look at your time and 
what you do with it and what you decide to create with it. I want to create an awesome place to work for people, and I want to create some wealth that we can fund the Spicefield Kitchen into the future and create an endowment for them and impact kids in classrooms for years and years to come. Not because I need that for my name, because I feel like it's my calling. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if my name's on it or not, frankly, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that is not the Ben that used to walk the earth. Like, I demanded that my name was on things, and I would raise my voice regularly about how many things my name was on in the kitchen. And frankly, that that's a world that I just, I don't personally want to live in anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, I left it behind. I do want to add, it's a balance, right? Ben's time at the field kitchen with these kids mm-hmm. is afforded through the great food and great hospitality. So, you know, as much as we have focused on work-life balance for our entire organization and great places to work. All of that is for naught if we don't produce great food and give great hospitality. Yeah, mm-hmm. So here. When, when Ben walked in this morning, <clears throat> you know, just before you got here, Lisa, you know, he walked in the back and they were making salads and he's like, uh, this here, this there, that there, right? That salad was done two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but yet he's still there. I'm still there. We're still there pushing the food forward further and further and further Mm -hmm. because that's what, that's what gives this ability to sit on the couch with our kids Mm -hmm. and watch a movie that we're streaming off of Netflix that cost us $10 a month or whatever it is. Like it's a, we're still thinking about how people are eating. What yeah. do they value? What's yeah, their yeah. experience? We, in the end of the day, we sell memories, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And I'm still running the farm, living on the farm. Definitely still have a deep, deep pull towards stewardship of land and managing that in a sustainable way. But I'm not strapping $100,000 of boutique produce coming off of that farm that is damn near slave labor coming into the restaurant to create more damn near slave labor. That had to change. That Mm -hmm. recipe didn't work, you know? So do we care deeply about products and flavor and visual appearance of dishes? Absolutely. But But not at the sake Mm -hmm. of our employees. Yeah. And the bottom line, because without the bottom line, you know, profit's not a bad word, right? You know, I think, and I think that's the, the juxtaposition that Ben and I hold so well is he, he doesn't look at spreadsheets past noon on Wednesday, that's this is true. A, this is the company rule, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm not allergic to that, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what affords us to be able to like let our chef go on a freaking week's vacation yeah. Yeah. to Mexico next week yep. and know that the company's going to run because we didn't strip it down to bare bones mm. in the middle of the winter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot there. And I love it. I love hearing about it. And so do the listeners of, of this podcast. I think they're waiting not only to see what Booms is all about, but this part of you is also very important to people that listen. So thank you for being so transparent. Let's talk about Booms Pizza. We are sitting in this great corner spot in Lakewood. I mean, it's great real estate. Congratulations on finding this awesome place. I love the look. I love the fun uh, lighted signs. I love that, you know, my, my favorite slogan, born of hard times is right on the wall, but let's talk a little bit about the food. Why pizza? Oh man. Why pizza? Well, number one, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, number two, pizza night happens every night, right? So, uh, one of the things that Jonathan and I learned from running, uh, 
Spice Kitchen and Bar and Moxie and Red is we didn't see our regulars often enough, right? It was birthdays, it was anniversaries, and it was $50 a person ticket prices. Mm -hmm. um, that's not what the world needs right now. So number one, we knew we could master it. Right, and that's why it took two and a half years to build this concept. We worked on dough together for about 18 months, almost two years, and then we went to the Pizza Expo in Vegas and got our minds freaking blown mm. and came back and it was like, okay, starting over, wow. sort of. Okay, like, okay, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean Ish. we had our formulas, right? But it was like, it just, it blew our minds. And every, the pizza community was so friendly and mm. so open. I mean, you're, you're talking to the dude from Pizza Shoals and he's like, oh yeah, you want my recipe? Here you go, like for dough. And it's like, what? Wow. That would never happen in the fine dining world, you know? And so we really focused, Jonathan specifically, on the science of it. Like everything starts with good dough, which mm -hmm. starts with good flour, which starts with good wheat grown in good soil. And that's why we decided to go with King Arthur, you mm -hmm. know, from a flower mm -hmm. source. And like, how can we amplify that message of quality, American ingredients, and the craft of it? Mm -hmm. And just being able to focus on a product instead of rewriting the menu every week and oh, refocus, refocus. You know, it's like, this is an opportunity for us to really lean into something that I think you and I can train measure, manage, and scale. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really pat our employees and our leaders on the back like that's what a pie is supposed to look like, mm -hmm. you know? I like what you just said. Uh, and, and when I came in, you know, one of the first things I said is I remember JB from his Moxie and Red days, from your Moxie and Red days. And what did I say? I said the two times a year that we went that's exactly what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what because yeah, red's a hundred bucks a person. Right. I mean, we yeah. do we do okay, but it wasn't yeah. a weekly night for us. But you're absolutely right. I think pizza even more now as we get older and we're empty nesters, and it's like, should we just get a pizza? I mean, I that comes out of my mouth an awful you're lot. Damn right, you should. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm you know I'm waiting. You know where I'm waiting for a Booms Pizza to yeah. be, Ben. I'm not gonna. I'll, I'm not gonna. Oh, don't worry. I scouted that, that location <laughs> last week. <laughs> awesome. No. When I was talking to uh, Zach and Julian for the, the episode with them, I think it was in May, Zach was very quick to correct me, uh, has he, and it changed my thought process, and it's related to what, what we've been talking about. I said something about a special occasion restaurant, and he pointed at me, and he said, we don't want to be a special occasion restaurant. And I thought I had just paid him a wonderful compliment, and I learned very quickly that I did not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I get it now. I get it now. Um, yeah, all right. but the, the, the true statement of that is, <clears throat> I would rather be your special occasion restaurant if that's what you choose, right? Sure, because, sure. you know, not, like, I don't, I don't eat $50 a plate dinners mm -hmm. yeah. once a week or twice a week. Well, mm -hmm. we talked about that a lot. Like, our businesses afforded us a great living, yet it still didn't afford us the ability to afford our own businesses, mm. which is yeah. so ironic, you yeah. know? And that's my, not the kind of place we're running now. Yeah, mm -hmm. my old partner Brad Friedlander, he, mm -hmm. his favorite line was, "Feed the masses, live with the classes. Feed the classes, live with the masses." Wow. And I, you know, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, you own five McDonald's. You're doing okay. You're, yeah. you're probably vacationing in Boca. Yes, yeah. for sure. You know, mm -hmm. you own one Moxie. Yeah, we vacation in Boca, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it. Uh, it's a hard, yeah, look, I mean, restaurant business is hard. All of it's hard. I have massive respect for 
all the fine diners that are still fine dining in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just not where I want to spend Yeah, you my... either lean in or you lean out. Like, yeah. look what Doug Katz did with Amba and, and, yep. and Chimmy and Zug and all that. Mad respect to Doug. Amazing institutions and great service in food. Just not the life I want to live right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's living his life. We're living ours. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so tell me about the pizza. I'm gonna, I don't know if this is still on the menu, and I don't, I don't really need to know, and I'm going to wait and be surprised, I guess. But I remember when you were concepting pizza, you know, like last year. I never did order one, but I always loved the idea of peps and stuff. Oh, it's there. It, All right. It has, it has transferred to <laughs> hot stuff and peps. Oh. And we actually used to write on the box, hey there, hot stuff. Yeah. Um, Cute. Yeah, Very we were cute. cute. We, we think we're cute anyhow. Uh, it is still there. So um, uh, organic tomatoes from Bianco de Napoli, which is out of California. Mm-hmm. Great California cheese mm-hmm. with actually a touch of buffalo milk in the cheese. Nice. Fresh basil. Iso pepperoni, which is out of Columbus. Columbus, right. Great company. Oh, my goodness, what good people. Calabrian chilies. Love it. Which is one of our only Italian imports. Um, fresh shaved garlic, fresh shaved mm. garlic, basil, calabrians, oregano, uh, Mike's hot honey drizzle. Ooh, yeah. that's so my pizza. I can already tell you that's a my little pizza. sweet, <laughs> it's the a little spicy, a little salty. Yeah, um, it's a great pie. I bought it my really first jar is. of calabrian chilies. I haven't used, I haven't opened it because I, I, you know, you can buy anything on Amazon. So I bought some and I was like, hmm, what am I going to do with these? But I had them on some pizza and I just think they're very versatile and I've seen some pasta done with them. So um, yeah. I'm in. And, and the Great with eggs. Oh, yeah. good to know. Great with eggs. And the reason why, like, we can't find any other product mm-hmm. that yeah. matches its flavor level, its heat level. It's, I mean, and it's just, it's a phenomenal product. Yeah. But if we can find it in Ohio, in Ohio sure. great. If we can find it in America, great. But that's why that's it's right. like one little, of our only touch non-American things. So. All right. I like it. So you've uh, got a nice manageable menu. I think I read something about maybe 10, 12 pies, salads, grab-and-go drinks. Um, I actually did not expect this there to be this much seating because uh, it's I mean it's great you've got the windows on to Detroit Avenue. I mean it's a bright, friendly spot. But you know with this corner and the great ease of parking behind you, people are going to pick up, right? Like, oh, you, yeah. 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 So we have spots on the side for pickup. There's a bunch of street parking along Detroit if it's open. Um, but we do have a reserved uh, pickup spot. Nice. D- uh, DoorDash Drive will be pulling in and out of here regularly. And then, I mean, there's a lot of parking behind here. It's mm-hmm. really convenient. And we've got a great neighbor, Matt Fish with mm-hmm. Melt. I mean, this was his flagship location. I remember coming to the opening of that place. I do too. Um, and he's just an awesome neighbor to have, super helpful. And that was one of the things that really uh, pushed us on this location. It was like, okay, if we're going to build a portfolio of pizza shops, mm-hmm. Let's get a good neighbor that has done something similar, you know? Yeah, I don't live right here, as you know, because I live by you. But, like, uh, when I come up to Lakewood, this strip is often where I frequent. So mm-hmm. I feel like even if you're not a Lakewood person, you you know this area. You've been to Deegan's. You've been to Mount. And, of course, we're all going to be at Booms. You did some work on dough. And this is a pizza town. There's a lot of different pizza varieties. I actually like the fact, because I think when I, you know, on a Thursday night or whatever, when I think about pizza... I sometimes think about a place in particular. I think about a style of pizza. I'm ready for a thin crust. I'm ready for a New York. I'm ready for something thick and chewy. I'm ready for a late night slice at an Edison's, you know, whatever. So give us an idea of how you landed on what the Booms pizza taste, 
mouthfeel. Is mouthfeel a thing for pizza? Mouth I don't know. Mouthfeel a thing. Chew, whatever. Just where, how did you land where you landed? Okay, so I'm going to start this off and I'm going to hand it to JB. Okay. When we're in the asparagus field, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I want to do a scalable business. I want to do pizza. Okay. I got this idea. And he's like, what kind of pizza do you want to do? And I'm literally like, I don't care. Great pizza. Now, now, the, now it's your turn. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm up. I'm up. I mean, like, what we were talking about this the other day. Name me the next food that has so many styles that are still widely loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. Ramen. It's tacos. Still, it's still the similar noodle. <laughs> but I mean, think of tacos, right? Yeah. Flour and corn, tortillas. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Meat inside it. Right? It's a canvas. Yeah. 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 So pizza, are you talking grandma style? Are you talking Sicilian? Are you talking Neapolitan? Roman. Are you talking yeah. Roman? Are you talking Neo-Neapolitan? You're talking New York? Are you talking, you know. Right. Uh, all of it. New Haven, mm. and they're all so accepted and so different, and most people have their favorite. Oh, yeah. I'm a deep dish guy. Mm. Oh, I'm a Chicago pizza lasagna guy, right? Which is mm-hmm. what I think, you know, Chicago deep yeah. dish is. Mm-hmm. It's just right. pizza lasagna. <laughs> sure. You know, but then you go, you know, five blocks south, and you get a Chicago tavern-style pie that's, you know, thin and crispy. Mm-hmm. So, number one, that's one of the best things about pizza is yeah, we're starting with one style of pie, and it's kind of a neo-Neapolitan, you know. So take your wood-fired, mm-hmm. cook it a little slower, mm-hmm. a little longer, a little more toppings, you know, because mm-hmm. they can get a little sparse sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, the problem with Neapolitan is if you take it home, you got pizza soup. So true. You yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's. I love, I mean, if I had yeah. my druthers of what type of pizza to eat, mm-hmm. It would be a, a wood-fired Neapolitan mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. day of the week, twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Can't carry it out. I mean, so many of our great ones in Cleveland didn't do, do carry not, out do at all. Do not survive thirty minutes. Yeah. No. Not, not only that, I called. So I called my old chef that I worked for during. Well, I was in culinary school. Jeff mm-hmm. Gibbs down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. He had a bunch of pizza shops in North Carolina, and I was like, "Hey, dude, this is what I'm going to do." I was talking to him through the pandemic. And he was like, well, I'll tell you right now, don't do wood fired because you can't find somebody that can manage that fire and manage dough. Mm. And he's like, it's a very niche job to have somebody that can do that. So in today's labor market, that's what really sent us to Chicago right out of the gate is Ah. like, we need a high efficiency, quick rebounding, hot cooking oven. And that's why we settled on Pizza Master. So that conversation of what kind of pizza do you want to do? I appreciated that so much because Mm. in my old life, I was the guy that walked in the restaurant with black radishes and I'm like, I don't give a shit, figure it out. And JB was kind of like, yeah, you can't really do that to me. We're going to figure it out. Like, we're, you know, and, and that took us on this journey of like, no, too chewy and eh, too flat, uh, too wet. So it is Neo Neapolitan with about 10% less moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just getting an awesome crispy pie with nice. great crust. With crust that you want to eat and dip and savor and all oh, that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Dip it in some stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, we actually have some stuff to dip it in. Oh. We do. We've got these crust companions. It's uh, it's a tomb, which is a Lebanese garlic, mm-hmm. uh, like whipped garlic. Nice. It's like a, basically a vegan aioli. Love it. And then we top uh, one with some chili crisp and we top one with some herb oil. And I'm telling you, you get that, you get to the crust Ooh, and you yeah. might not even need the middle of the pizza. Oh. That sounds Maybe. great. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, my husband often eats everything but the crust, and he has piles of crust. And uh, to me, that's just sad. That's horrific. We have cured that problem for okay, you. Okay, great. Especially yeah. with dippers. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about, like, you're surprised that there's this many seats, when we were concepting, it's, you know, 
as soon as you put pizza in a box, I do not care whose pizza it is. It could be the best pizza in the country or in the world. Mm-hmm. When you put it in the box, mm-hmm. she is heading downhill fast. Yeah. Okay. Really, really Steam fast. Collects. Yeah, yeah. So if you never had the opportunity to sit down at Booms and taste it when it's 30 seconds out of the oven mm-hmm. and to feel its true crispiness, you may not take our advice and reheat it at home. Yeah. Because... You want to improve our, our boxed pizza by a thousand percent? Put it in the toaster oven for four minutes. Put it in the regular oven for four nope, minutes. You don't want to do it. No, but if you if you can taste the the premiere, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You know its potential, and that's why we went from having a counter slice mm-hmm. shop to. Mm-hmm. Having a counter service, 40-seat yeah. restaurant. Well, I and love this it is my position against the car slice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, the car slice gets you pizza faster, so. <laughs> True. I, I do like we're sitting in a booth uh, that can accommodate six really comfortably. Could probably squeeze one more, a kid or two in if you needed to. This, to me, feels like a place... It's a gathering place. Um, it, it's, I don't know what you're even doing back there. It smells good. This, you know, this neighborhood's walkable. There's just, there's, I don't know. You've just got the right formula to me. I know you have some longer range plans to have more. That's very exciting. But this place looks good. It's inviting. I think you're going to, I think you're going to be real busy. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I know that we are going to, uh, I think we're going to maybe make a pizza. Yeah, Can we let's do make, make a pies. pizza. All right. Sounds good. Wishing you well. I know you open in a couple of weeks. And um, I'm so glad to hear that Spice Acres, uh, Spice Field Kitchen, Spice Gaming, all of it, still moving forward, still doing great. When I got to meet Steve this summer, that was really a blast. I really didn't know all of the dimensions of things that you were doing at Spice Field Kitchen. It's, it's awesome. And so congratulations. JB, so glad that I could uh, meet you finally and, and bestow my gratitude for some really, just like two or three great meals <laughs> over the years. I mean, you've really had an esteemed career in your previous life. I love that you both bonded over your personal experiences, your family experiences, the way the industry changed and evolved. I think you guys are great partners, and it's just it's great to sit with you today. Thanks. Thank you so much. The CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork and the Road Productions, and my sound engineer is Bill Connors. This podcast is made possible with support from Chef Douglas Katz and the Katz Group of Restaurants. I hope you make your way to Amba and Zook. And guess what? If you've not made reservations for Valentine's Day yet, you are actually in luck. Neither spot takes reservations, so you can play it cool and be spontaneous and enjoy a special night at these fantastic restaurants. Now, February is We Love Local Month at the CLE Foodcast. And if you know us, then you know we love local every day. But throughout February, be sure to follow the CLE Foodcast Instagram and Facebook for a daily We Love Local shout out to a food or food adjacent business. If you would like me to consider your business for the feature, send me a direct message through Instagram or Email me at clefoodcast at gmail.com for details. And it's just about time to get ready for Cleveland Carentovania, the annual Slovenian Mardi Gras festival, which will take place here February 11th through the 18th. And shortly after, it will be everybody's favorite day to party before the official start of the Lenten season. That's right, Fat Tuesday hits February 21st. And you know what that means, Hunchki Day. And I know Lydia at Rudy Strudel is already planning her annual party with some extra surprises. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please share it with a few people in your circle. 
Until next time, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table. <laughs>